0: Hi, welcome to the podcast where we do it for the love of it. I'm Kevin. And I'm Charles, and this is the sports podcast where we talk about the best events and stories from across the global competitive landscape.
1: Okay, so this week we're coming to you a little bit late. We had some issues with the internet again. Uh, We're not having (laughs) good luck on them Mondays. Yeah,
0: and I Um, started a fire in my oven, so it was just a bad Monday all around.
1: (laughs) So just to really set it off with a bang, just burn your house down. Okay Absolutely. So um, we'll slide it over to uh, the sports side of things now. move over to the NHL. Uh, we have a couple of firings early in the season season. Uh, we have Quenville fired and Stevens fired one from the Kings and one from the Blackhawks.
0: Yeah, coaches on the completely different ends of the experience level. Let's start with the low experience John Stevens. I believe this was just his third season uh, with the Los Angeles Kings took over from yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the guy who used to coach the Flames, whose name I'm spacing on, Sutter, yeah. and was never great to start with, and they came out of the box real slow this year.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like the Kings are just aging as well. <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> yeah, they were... They're aged at this point. They're not even aging.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's, I feel like they never really made some moves for some youth either. Like, they're like, No, I mean, th- yeah, their big not, free like,
0: agency move was to bring in Ilya Kovalchuk at 34 years old or whatever he is, and that was the
1: entirety of their move. Certainly wasn't a youth movement. No, not at all. And its it seemed like it was like, Oh, they're going to do exactly what they did last year, and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that. Like, they haven't been falling off slowly but surely. So, like, the firing of Stevens is, I feel like, uh, superficial and a little more of a, like, GM. Should have took the L on that one, not
0: Stevens. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, at some point, you're right about that. Uh,
0: Lombardi's... Lombardi's been around like Lombardi obviously has a lot of goodwill from the su- from the Super Bowl season from the Stanley Cup seasons <laughs> yeah um and and he's a well-respected like he's the kind of guy where you always hear hockey people in the industry media people really like him so you know he's gonna get a long leash because of that but at some point uh the blame's gonna start looking at you real close
1: yeah I mean well what happens when They get another coach and they're still old and busted like of course they're going to do <laughs> decent. Like, they're going to kick up a little bit and make a little bit of noise. I mean, it's, it is still a talented team. They're just not capable of doing it for long enough anymore. Like, it, they need to be guys who are on second line and not the major focal point. Like, they need – like, some of these guys need a break. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, they have uh... – Tafoli and his line mate, and that's pretty much it for like young and talented players. he's not that old at this point, but he's more in the aging category. But he's still in his prime. You got Jonathan Quick, who's always been overrated. (laughs) It's uh, it's not a great way forward looking for them. That's a fair Um, statement. So let's move to a team. uh, The Chicago Blackhawks. Like these two teams are inexorably linked because of their battles a few years ago, competing dynasties, three Stanley Cups in his tenure there. One of the, in my opinion, best coach in the league. Like I know Babcox and Cooper are always in that discussion, but to me, Quenville is the absolute tops in the league. And I think this was more about not wanting to keep the super expensive, super good coach around for two years of
1: what's going to be one hell of a rebuild. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't get that though. Like, why not keep the best coach during that because you have to develop players and find the right talent and know when it's your talent that's the issue and not your coaching like you add another variable into uh, do we need to get rid of this guy do we need to keep this guy because he's not working with the coach is it the player and then you get rid of a player who may be actually a really good player and then he goes somewhere else and succeeds and you're like ah well we shouldn't let him go
0: Yeah, we see that concept in sports all the time. Like Andy Reid, for example, when he got fired from the Eagles, they were on a slightly downturn, and you start hearing, oh, his message has gotten tired in the room. They're not paying attention to him in the room, and they use that as an excuse for getting rid of a really good coach.
1: Yeah, who's literally loved by the players.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's he straddles the line of he's a really stern coach, but his players love him. He's a player's yep. coach that's also really strict. I know I was hoping that they would fire Quenville at the end of last season, just so that yeah. the Calgary Flames could pick him up. <laughs> um, but that was uh unfortunately they waited too long and Calgary signed a new coach, so I'm out of luck there. Uh, he will definitely, like, as soon as Quenville wants a job, you'll have 10 teams in the league willing to fire their coaches in a minute for him. Yeah, Do you exactly. have any thoughts of,
1: uh, where he'll end up? Um, I don't know. I feel like there are a few landing places in my head, like, um, I think maybe the Oilers could make a move that direction, especially. That's definitely a logical option, I think. Yeah, I think where they're at, like, they they can actually make a, a very good upgrade, right? Like if you can do it, why not?
0: Yeah, like, I it, my guess if I'm going to pick a pick a name out of a hat, I would say Florida Panthers. Yeah. You got Dale Talon, his uh former GM which he had a lot of success with and they're reportedly quite good friends. He's the GM at Florida now. Yeah. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. They're kind of up and down. But they have an owner They have an owner who theoretically is willing to shell out money because you're going to have to pay a lot of money for Joe Quenville. It's going to be in the Mike Babcock eight years, $50 million range, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. I just feel like it makes sense to be the Oilers, number one, because they have their superstar player. They're just looking to kind of solidify the coaching side. Therefore, you're going to solidify up those, like, lesser players and get them playing at their highest levels.
0: Yeah, I agree that Edmonton makes a lot of sense. Like, who wouldn't want to coach Connor McDavid? (laughs) Have the best player in the world for the next decade? But, um... There's two things. A, I don't know if you believe in Cam Talbot.
1: Yeah. And as a coach,
0: like, your goalie, you're so closely linked with your goalie in hockey. And... Like you say, you got to bring the lower talent guys up. That's theoretically possible, but man, the Oilers like Peter Chi- Chiarelli has absolutely dusted this team of depth. <laughs> <laughs> so, true. like maybe Quenville comes in and he says, "Get rid of Chiarelli and hire me." Someone who knows what he's doing, and that's, that's how so you true. get Quenville to come to your team. So, it's certainly a possibility. Um, but I would I would bet Florida first.
1: Florida first. I mean, Florida would make uh, a lot of sense as well. Just because, number one, they're bottom of the barrel. They have a lot of money. You know, why not? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't and, think they're a cap team now, but I think in theory, uh, Viola, I believe is the owner's name there, has yeah. said that he is willing to spend to the cap if he thinks he's got a winning team. So, you can win there, I would think, with a good coach.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see exactly how that turns out, and I'm excited to kind of see where he does land, because if it is with the Oilers, I'm excited to see what he can do with Connor McDavid. Yeah, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, I I hate the Oilers with a passion, but at the same time, I you don't want to see a player as amazing as Connor McDavid just flounder into nothing. So if they could somehow be like ninth in the West. The ninth best team in the West, so I can see some exciting games, but
1: still the Oilers need to lose. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, either way, it's better when you have a good rivalry, and it'd be better to see you playing a team that was extremely capable instead of, like, showing up to only play you and no one else.
0: (laughs) You know? Yeah, the Oilers are... They're not, like... This isn't last year's Oilers team so far. We should move. Let's talk a little bit about how the season's going so far. Um, The Oilers, since that's where we started, they're a 500 team at the moment. They're up and down. Ken Talbot, I think, is up and down. Yeah. And, like, you got some promise with the Oilers, but this is not a team that can win a Stanley Cup unless... McDavid stands on his head, which is very likely, and Talbot stands on his head, which is much less likely. This team Extremely isn't going anywhere unlikely through the playoffs.
1: the way he's playing. Yeah. Like, I feel like we had... I feel like the Oilers had that year. I say we, like Edmontonians. We had that year. <laughs> um, and um, it's just... Blah. Now you know okay, that's yeah. all it is. I'm I'm, just I make... think
0: the blame falls entirely on Chiarelli. Like I said, yes. the Taylor Hall trade was an idiotic trade the second oh, it yeah, happened. The Milan Lucic signing was an idiotic signing the minute it happened. This isn't this isn't necessary hindsight going back I, on I agree
1: with you 100. percent I thought when they uh-uh. hired, when they got Lucic, you were looking at a situation in which you have not just. An old player, but an old player locked into a long contract and a lot of money.
0: Yes, yeah, seven I'm years like, I, at I six million think a piece. I it was left. You know, never mind three. And and even if he did, he he was basically the NHL was leaving him be leaving him behind yeah. even as he signed the contract because the NHL was just getting faster and faster. And even when Lucic was in his prime, he no, was not that was a not his. Fast. Dude, <laughs> he was a slow-plotting player. Big, so let's...
1: Smashing player. Always.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Let's sign him to the team with the fastest and player we've ever seen in the line. Ice.
1: Like, that, that makes sense. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, of all things, he's a third-liner stay... now. Let's... And...
0: Yeah, if that, now. Like, he might have been problem. a third-liner when they signed him, and now he's, like...
1: Basically, bottom liner, barrel much. player because he's not capable of keeping up with these kids. Times change. Yeah,
0: staying in the same division. What do you think about the the Sharks? They came in with a lot I of. I feel like they're, they're still here.
1: figuring it out.
0: Uh, yeah. Having signed Eric Carlson, yeah. Evander Kane, uh, they're back up to kind yeah, of five hundred like range now, but they're still I feel like they're third just in the figuring division.
1: Out. Like they have all the talent. They're you know they got. Um evander Kane at the end of last year, like they kind of they like, they don't have much rapport they the the best part about it is that they gave a little bit of youth to those older players, like they did the opposite of what the kings did and got some younger guys, you know so <laughs> yeah it's it's very much um a different thing if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, Joe Thornton clearly has nothing left, like you're talking about those aging guys. But uh, Couture and uh, Burns and some of those, yeah. not quite as old as Thornton, but slightly older
1: guys are still exactly. performing so, at a pretty good pace.
0: Eric Carlson has not been what you'd expect no, from the overall defenseman.
1: I don't know if that's a case of him really trying to find his groove and and not kind of step on people's toes or... Just kind of being burnt out from the whole situation yeah. in Ottawa so I don't know.
0: yeah, if you're a sharks fan you're certainly hoping it's just a blip and not a
1: I mean significant my decline. Team, my fantasy hockey team really needs them to step up so <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: if I was a betting man, I'd still say even though the sharks started slow, I'd still pick them like the Canucks are on yeah. top of this division right now. I can't imagine I that will 100%.
1: continue.
0: So I, w- I would think the Sharks by the end of the year will yeah. be sitting on top of this division. Exactly. Probably and, pretty. I, mean, I
1: imagine they're also going to be pretty formidable, def- scoring especially from the uh, like defensive side of the puck as well. Like those D men are going to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. It's going to be really exciting.
0: Yeah, th- I mean, there's no one like no, Brent Burns right. in
1: the league, and to put Carlson with him. Yeah. All right,
0: let's wrap up. Let's uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're playing much together. I think the ice time is Carlson yeah. Vlasic for the well, most mean, part, but individually those exactly. are two superstars. I, I mean, not seeing
1: not them together, but the them being on the same team and one coming in after the other is a scary thought. <laughs> yeah,
0: Let's finish our, our hockey discussion. Let's stay in the Western Conference entirely this week. What do you think of the Nashville Predators start so far um, this year? I feel
1: like that's characteristic of a team that was capable last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're through seventeen games. They already have twenty plus yeah. in the goal differential side of things. Thirteen and three, scoring team. They were scoring Ripping team. More, I mean, if they right didn't now. drop
1: that close game with Winnipeg, like that last nasty game. I feel like they would have made more of a ruckus than they than Winnipeg did. Winnipeg snuck out of there. Winnipeg yeah, just well, I feel like they snuck out of that <laughs> with a win, and it was they gave absolutely everything to play their best series, and then sure enough, it was just right into a wall after having to play up that high that early. Like, yeah. The
0: only thing I would be worried about is yes. Pecorini right now has a 147 goals against average there's no way he can sustain that through the whole season 951 save percentage yeah. he's playing I out mean, of his well, mind.
1: Pellegrini is that type of guy. He's he has done it forever it feels like. I feel like Pellegrini has been in the league for like a million years <laughs> and has been good for a million years. Like he knows what he's doing. He has a great work ethic. He stays healthy. So, I mean, we'll see.
0: But he's yes, always been true. streaky So Like he is bit, When he's on He is on But he's He's had his bad stretches Through his career So I don't no, think I don't That's think gonna so. stay I bad.
1: don't know I feel like He's He's done better With uh, killing the streakiness And making it Kind of steady Like it's just been Good Instead of like Great Not great <laughs> You know what I mean Like great Bad I think I, I felt At certain times Almost
0: exactly The way you felt like, man, Pecorini, he's on the he's been so good for so long. You know what? I believe he's... The, and then he goes <laughs> on through a Pekka okay, slump. slump. We'll, we'll
1: like see that. exactly how this apart. turns out in one of our favors.
0: Oh, I should just want to throw out your favorite team. Do you know who's the leading yes. the league in points right now? It's Miko Ratney 26 no clue points. What the heck did that come <laughs> I'm
1: just so <laughs> shook. I mean, the weirdest part is like, I have uh, on my fantasy team Gabriel Landeskog, and I was like contemplating trading him for all these different players that everyone was offering me because they wanted this or that. And one person offered me Corey Perry for him. I was like, I'm not gonna take that. I'm not taking that. He's old busted, <laughs> right? And trying I, to swindle like, you. That was before he was now the like the number ten winger in the league. Like they are doing so weirdly well offensively. I, d- I don't know, like it's crazy
0: Yeah, like they're right in the middle Of the pack in that very tough division But I just wanted to Give you the ray of hope that you got this one guy Who's just playing out of his skull right now That, like, you know the name Mika yeah. Ratnin, but nobody was expecting Him to no, be the top of the points
1: chart Okay So, uh, who you got next? Uh, we should move on okay, To okay. the NFL now,
0: um, I think Alright, wait, wait. NFL's got to wait. We just got some terrible breaking news. The Calgary Olympic bid has been voted down by the city of Calgary in the plebiscite 56.4 to
1: 43.6. Very That's disappointing tough. news. That's a tough one. That would have been a really nice thing to have in your city. Uh,
0: yeah, like, putting a bid on doesn't, uh, doesn't cost zero dollars. Like they put serious millions of dollars into this bid to try to make it happen. So the voters just flush that money out of the way.
1: I don't know why you wouldn't just try to throw your name in the hat. Like why not? If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. You've already put all this money into it. Just let the bid go in. Yeah. The federal government,
0: the provincial government, they'd, they'd allowed it all. They had something like $400 million worth of investments committed that was attached yep. to the Olympics. Olympic bid, that all goes away. I know like we've heard a lot of the dictatorship-y countries like Russia and China and their $50 billion yeah. price tags for these Olympics. But the fact is you don't no, have really to spend don't. that kind of money. You can do it reasonably. And unless countries like Canada and cities like Calgary step up, and present realistic bids to the IOC. The IOC is just going to keep giving him to these yep. dictatorship countries, and that's not what we want to see. We want to see it in places like Calgary, and this is just so disappointing. Obviously, a huge part of it is very personal because I definitely would have gone to the <laughs> the Olympic Games had they been just down just down yeah, the highway I from mean,
1: me. It it's a um, weird, but yeah, yeah that's I a kicking the weird pants thing to kind of see it go that way. I imagine Calgary would kind of be all in and excited to do this because maybe it would have led to them having a brand new arena for their hockey team, which they wanted forever ago, but I guess not, you know, whatever. (laughs) Very weird decision to me.
0: Yeah, like... You don't have to give sports themes... Like, the new arena thing... I was kind of... Yeah, I'm generally I on the side of the city with that one. I wanted the city to stare down the flames and say... Yes. You build the arena. And, and maybe we'll give you a, a free parking lot or something like that. But the Olympics are so much more than just... Like, the Olympics are this great uniting force of all of these sports. And it encourages incredible amounts of athletic participation. Like, whatever the money ends up being, like, generally, I think it comes clean. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of money. Like, even, like, there are $400 million of investment tied to the Olympics, like I mentioned. Chances are, it would be, if you run it responsibly, you're not gaining a lot of money, but you're not going to lose a lot of money either. But it does so much for the city, and so there's such an excitement around the city. I was in Vancouver during... During the twenty ten Olympics, it was an absolute blast,
1: and yeah, this is this is just 100%. disappointing I mean, all the way around. You would imagine you, your the the excitement kind of would have took over, but it seems like, I guess, no one really cares about the Olympics in Calgary, Calgary. I guess, not the. Yeah, well,
0: people cared. It was a vicious political battle. It was like republicans and democrats (laughs) in ohio or something like that the way they're yelling at each other but
1: that pushback you 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 see it a little more towards the side of odds are this isn't going to go the way you think it's going to go you know it's like usually it's either like uh heck yeah like we should you know this would be really cool and everyone here really likes the olympics or you get like you know, this weird, like, ah, like, we don't want it, and to everyone being like, yeah, sure we do. But, like, when you have <laughs> that big uproar of no, usually people end up siding on this weird uproar of it, and it ends up going, you know, the way of, you know, 50-whatever to 40-whatever, you know. Yeah. Sad.
0: I should have hired a Russian bot yeah. farm to <laughs> twist right? the election in my favor. Right. Didn't, uh, didn't think about that till uh, just now. Well. Oops, that's my mistake. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's now move on to the NFL. Okay, I yeah. suppose. Yeah.
1: So we have some crazy, crazy news to start off with: the Pats and the Titans. Um. Uh, yeah, well, the Titans. Yeah, Thrash. I mean, the Mike Vrabel <laughs> like led is... Titans. Thrash. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, did, it, is it possible that Bill Belichick spawned an actual good I coach out of think his coaching he tree?
1: may have.
0: Because <laughs> this team, what I wanted to ask you was, do you think this is more about the Patriots or more about the um, Titans?
1: I think it's more about the Titans.
0: Okay, that's that's what I was thinking too. Because they've been good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, like, they've, been mean, I, they've been impressing. They've been impressing in terrible jerseys.
1: jerseys. Just, just a little note. Series. But I, I feel like <laughs> But the players yeah, inside I, those. I feel jerseys like have been they're more of a a team that uh it's, it's just such a slow starter. And Mike Vrabel was really trying to make a name for himself and make sure that these guys were doing all the right stuff, and now it's starting to show through. And the question is is can they did they lose too much early to now? kind of make their way into the playoff.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. What are the the Texans now? Are they one game or two game behind the Texans? They're just one game behind the Texans. So yeah, they're, they're theoretically in the hunt, but
1: I feel like you got to win that the division fight. to make it in.
0: They're tied for the wild card as well. Currently with Cincinnati you got uh, the LA Chargers, yeah. They, it looks like they probably have yeah. the first wild card backed up. So you don't want to ever be in that like, five-team exactly, race for that right? sixth, so, yeah, sixth playoff that position.
1: Question. Are they the team that so I don't, it makes it in? Are they the team that gets kind of pushed out because of those early losses?
0: The way we've been seeing them play the last couple of weeks, I I would have exactly, a hard time betting exactly. against
1: them at it, this point. It's, it's tough to kind of see that, but I mean, like, what happens if you just lose a close one against a team here or there, and that's kind of enough because that other team has an easier schedule, right? So you have to kind of it, it, yeah, those kind of things kind of weigh out in the end, and we'll see. Hopefully, those early games where maybe you should have won, but you were all still kind of figure out who your coach was and what he wanted from you, did that affect, like, you get that kind of transition, so.
0: Yeah, they've got the division games the next couple of weeks, then they got the Jets, so I don't think they're... No, not Their not. division is not the hardest. Their, their schedule coming up is not the hardest, so I definitely think there's a chance. Well, like you said, that sixth, well, sixth playoff position can be hell. You don't want to have put yourself... Like you said, those early losses put them in a situation where... Now they got to deal yeah. with that. Where Maybe if they got off exactly, a little hotter, they'd exactly.
1: be in a better position. Okay. So um, we'll slide over to now the Saints. Um, they played a game against the Bengals. Gave them a little bit of a beatdown. This was, and I
0: thought about it all day today. I was racking my yep. mind for something that was better. Couldn't come up with it. This was the best offensive half of football (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. The first half the New Orleans Saints played was absurd. They were perfect. They scored a touchdown in every single drive, culminating with um, Drew Brees passing Brett Favre for second most touchdowns of all time. Kamara got in the end zone. It was unbelievable. It was watching poetry. It was a complete blowout already in the first half, and I didn't turn off the TV. I didn't switch the channels. Because it was just you're watching a master paint. It was an <laughs> unbelievable half. Maybe, maybe some of those early games in the undefeated Patriots season when Brady yes. was tossing it to Randy right. Moss and all that sort of thing. Those are the only ones I could think of that was maybe a comparison. This was just an amazing, yes. especially the first half. Like, I don't even care about the second half. The first half was an yeah, absolute work. I mean, work they genius.
1: looked like, like I just I feel like I always feel like you only have so many of those. Like, amazing, like, everything working together. And they, I feel like you peak only so many times. And I just worry that if you start peaking now, what do you do at the end of the season? But, I mean, it's totally unrealistic and ridiculous thought process.
0: That's kind of a concern. Like, I, I, I'd I, heard that brought up and I thought about that. I don't know how much that actually really comes does, into play. I, I always but feel... If it does... <sighs> This has to be the yeah, peak. Exactly. You can't get any better than this. I think Breeze was 18 of 20 for three t- Like It was yeah, just I mean, a work of art. Like, you know the result already still. Go find a recorded version of that game and just watch that first half to watch how <laughs> offensive <laughs>
1: football should be played. It was a beautiful thing. Okay, I mean, really, that's all there, there is to say about that. The Bengals just got dismantled. Who cares about the Bengals? They were simply props. Okay, we'll slide over to uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles. This game meaning a lot to the Cowboys. There were talks about them getting rid of Jason Garrett if they lost this game. Uh, They managed to squeak it out by seven points. But what a wild and hard-fought game. Yeah, they fed yes.
0: Ezekiel Elliott the ball, unlike the last couple of weeks. Got a hundred and fifty yards, and I think he added yeah, a bunch he had of safety. Well.
1: Hurdle, he literally put on a show uh, with that with the rock in his hand. Man, it was exciting to watch. Great football game. Uh, the Cowboys win. I still think you should get rid of Jason Garrett. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's funny how big of a switch, though. Like you said, we were talking about yeah. firing Jason Garrett last week, and this week it's all, do you think the Cowboys can win this division? <laughs> They're two games behind Washington, but yeah, nobody trusts Washington to like,
1: be any good. No, I don't think they can. I just feel like the, I don't trust the Cowboys. You just don't I don't trust Jason Trust Garrett. them to actually succeed. I don't trust them running a solid game plan, just putting the ball in Ezekiel Elliott's hands. Like it, it, just feels like they're out coaching themselves. Like you have one of the you have one of the best running backs in the <laughs> league, if not the best. Like, why do you not just feed this dude ridiculous amounts of balls? Because you're afraid he you gets hurt for the yeah. pre for the postseason that you probably won't be in. Like, I don't get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the one thing I would say is Dak Prescott has been. The kind of quarterback right from, I believe it was Mississippi State in his college career, where he could be he could just blow your mind with how amazing he yeah. looked for four or five games. And then he'd be terrible for a while, and then he'd be great. So if he goes through one of those stretches where he looks like a Pro Bowl quarterback yeah. for the rest of the season, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, he has that kind of talent. He just doesn't have whatever whatever missing piece it is yeah, to put right. it all together consistently. But if he does go for five or six weeks... I don't trust Washington at all, so yeah. theoretically. <laughs> I'd give them like a 30% chance yeah, of winning this division at there. this point.
1: It just, it seems like, I, yeah, 30% is fair. That's a right number. <laughs> so moving on to Carolina and Pittsburgh. Um, I did not expect this outcome Another at all. I know they're drubbing. <laughs> I imagine this to be a way closer of a game.
0: Um, <laughs> I'll let you provide the Cogent analysis of this game in a second But first of all I'm just going to have to rip yes, Thursday Night Football For a second <laughs> Thursday Night Football is an absolute Travesty and while I want To try to intelligently learn Something from this game The fact is Home teams win Thursday Night Football And they win it all the time They win it regularly when you consider the travel, and I've played a three football games in eleven days, and I did that in yes. Canadian high school football, and I could barely yeah. walk the next day, and I, like my neck couldn't move, and that was in Canadian high school football. I don't know how people doing it with NFL strength and NFL yeah. speed smashing into each other. I have no idea how you play it. It's there should absolutely be no such thing as Thursday night Agreed. football. Agreed. It should NFL. only
1: be a thing on Thanksgiving. Period. That should be it. It should be that one week.
0: Yeah, and give all the teams that play on Thanksgiving, give yep. them the bye week beforehand, so
1: it doesn't. I agree with you. Mess anything yeah, out. A That should, you should be have it. the teams play that always play that weekend and go. You know.
0: Yeah, because part of me wants to say, man, is Pittsburgh this good? And then I'm like, they played at home on Thursday night. Who cares? <laughs> this is, like, we, I heard a lot of people saying, hey, look, there's good games on Thursday. How great is that? And my thought was, damn, there are good games on Thursday. That means two teams that are in important races, whether to win the division or make, mm. uh, make certain playoff positions like Pittsburgh and their battle for yep. a first-round bye, a huge part of that came down to a crapshoot game that didn't have any real bearing on the season because you're not playing it in a way that's physically reliable. I mean,
1: uh, it, it sucks. Thursday night football is the worst. Like,
0: <laughs> that side yeah, right there, you I you think, just, sums that all you up. just
1: can't even put words to how annoying it is to have a short week, and it's like, Coming into this next Thursday Night Football game, I think it's it's a short week for uh, Green Bay going into Seattle. And you're like, why do that? Like, why? Like, what's the point? Like, Seattle?
0: Yeah. Like, Green Bay's in a really tough NFC North division game, and now they have to play a Thursday Night game rely, on the road, which significantly yeah, decreases their chances of winning.
1: Aaron Rodgers throwing a touchdown pass at the dying seconds of the game because you are going to be in trouble because you have a team who has extra time to prepare for you while you have less. Sounds to me like you want a repeat of the fail, Mary. That's that's all, like hopefully (laughs) that's what we get out of it. And even then, really that is not an endorsement for Thursday Night Football to have a crazy Hail Mary play. That is just more... Yeah, and just
0: personally, the way I view sports, one of the best things about football is that I can just sit down on Sunday and get a pretty good grasp of whatever's going yeah. on for the entire league. So when you start spreading it out to Thursday, like I don't watch the, like I'll admit it, I did not watch a down to this game. I have not watched a down to Thursday night football in several years.
1: I, I agree with you. I mean, um, I, I've watched one game.
0: Because to me, it it ruins the viewing experience yeah, as well. I watched, um, I like think the T Wolves were playing somebody, and I watched a Calgary Flames game that day. Yeah, I didn't need no. NFL football that day. Just yeah, keep I the NFL it on to be Sundays. On the
1: Sunday and then the Monday, and move on. Because it it doesn't add up All right. any other way. Yep. So couldn't agree more. Uh, we'll slide over now to the Jets. Um... Or
0: <laughs> From a horrible embarrassment of Thursday Night Football to just a beautiful embarrassment yeah. that we're the
1: Jets this I Sunday. don't know if it's...
0: Ha- have you ever seen I a game quite like that? I expect
1: it. I thought they would be fine with a veteran quarterback stepping in for a banged up uh, kid. But now I wonder...
0: Yeah, like... The Bills Like the week started out with um yeah. some gambling site putting odds on how Alabama would do against the Buffalo Bills and ended with the Bills winning by thirty one points.
1: Yeah. The Jets. The Jets <laughs>
0: Like, this is, I didn't watch the, I don't think anybody actually watched this game, but just watching the highlights in the, like during the commercial breaks of other games and just watching the score take up, just, it's ridiculous. How does Todd Bowles still have a job
1: anymore, but I, this... I don't know. The problem <laughs> is, is, like, the Jets are doing it the right way. They have the ability to acquire some talent because they don't have a new coach every Thursday, i.e. the Browns.
0: That's true, but this game, this game was the kind of game where you actually, I actually agree that he probably shouldn't have been fired because, like just you said, when you start firing coaches. quarterbacks constantly, it yeah. really hurts your reputation your ability to get coaches. But this is the kind of game where I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. This was so bad. I really expected both. Yeah, I, to be I fired mean, I mentioned now.
1: won't be fired. This is a kind of a tough time for them. Um, defensively, they lost a lot of pieces. Uh, They get a quarterback. Offensively, they're still wildly underpowered. Can you blame Bowles only?
0: No. Uh, I do think he'll be fired in the offseason so they can try to find the next uh, Sean McVay quarterback whisperer type guy. That would be probably what's going to happen. But it really isn't Bowles' fault that much. I mean, a game like that, you can put that to a certain extent on Bowles. Because they have more talent than the Bills, and they just got embarrassed. But
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the Jets are in a weird transitional phase, and I hope that they can use these losses in tough season to acquire some sort of talent offensively to really help them figure this out.
0: Um. Yeah, they need help in a lot of... But theoretically, they have their quarterback, so they can trade down from their... They're a probably yeah. high out draft position and um, move
1: forward from there. Let's move over to uh, some more news in the NFL. Uh, our last story here. Le'Veon Bell will not return this season, <laughs> forfeiting yeah. his $14.5 million, I think it was. Um. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he had to report today in order to play at all this season, so it's guaranteed he will not come back this season. And this... Like, I was cheering for Le'Veon Bell in this dispute, but I think he might have played himself. Like, he was offered a four-year contract extension, which in reality was a two-year contract extension worth $33 million. That's... Decent money. I don't think he's gonna get thirty three million dollars guaranteed at the end of this season, and he cost himself fourteen you don't million think dollars. He's get. This season. Like, he basically cost himself he had forty seven yeah. million dollars in his pocket. I don't know if he's gonna make forty seven million dollars more you don't think in his that, career. Like I don't know if his, his career spends that, he well, has that the long ability at this
1: right point. now to get paid. I
0: think in the end, if we were able to to split off into two universes, I think the if he played this year, now I don't, I I think players, especially running backs, should use every ounce of power they have to fight the to fight the ownership and to fight their teams to get every penny because their labor situation for running yep. backs especially is just unfair. But I think in the end, he gambled and lost. I don't think I think he would have made more money in the universe where he played this year than in the universe in our universe so where he chose not to. Do you
1: think the only reason he didn't play was because of money?
0: Unless, like, what are you, are you saying that you think it was something to do specifically with the tre- the Steelers and how I think the Steelers it's were treating them?
1: Or? I think you asked to be paid as one of the better players on your team.
0: million million is a franchise tag.
1: You can franchise tag anyone. They get paid top money. That isn't a vote of confidence. That's (laughs) just making sure that you don't end up on the Ravens.
0: I mean, in the end, stuff like that does matter to a certain degree. We're all emotional human creatures. But I think, especially your agent, his job is to just tell you which... Which way are you going to get the most money and to a certain extent, you know, be able to walk around and play with your kids after your career is over? And while this might help a little bit with that, he has one less year of his life where he took an NFL beating, but I think he probably ended up costing him. it might be, say, between 5 and $10 million over the co- course of his career. I and mean, that's not insignificant money.
1: I think it's a splash in the pan when it comes to murdering yourself in a sport that is absolutely violent (laughs) to basically be a guy who's being underpaid for what you believe you're worth. When you number one, you have a decent amount of money in your pocket right now. You have the ability to miss a season. Yes, it was $14 million, but you would have signed a contract that would have given you less than $14 million this year. So,
0: but couldn't he have taken his taken his franchise tag, signed that extension, taken that $47 million and I walked mean, away I imagine there?
1: that he has the ability to pull a contract that is three years, $47 million from someone because they're hungry for a running back and one of the best running backs in the league. I think that'll be all guaranteed. Like, it
0: wouldn't surprise me if he does sign with, say, I'll like the, the Cardinals or something like that. Well, maybe not the Cardinals with David Johnson, but... Um... Signs sure, with the, the Eagles, Eagles, let's say. He might get a three-year $47 million contract, but it'll be like $30 million guaranteed, and he'll get cut on the yeah, third year. Yeah, but I mean... That's, that's, and then maybe he'll get another... He'll have the Adrian Peterson phase of yeah, his I'm, career where he signs two years for a lot less money and yeah, gets banged I around mean, anyways. If he just played this year, he could have had maybe three years of getting banged around, $47 million yeah, way I dollars feel like...
1: I'm not questioning yeah, the motives. I'm questioning the I don't think it's strategy. about money. I don't think it's only about money, and I that's why I agree with what he did. 100. I don't think he got played because I don't think oh, okay. it was only about money. He's still going to get paid. I mean, 47 million dollars to 37 million dollars. Yeah, I'll, I'll still take 37 million dollars. Like <laughs> it, it makes does. a
0: big difference. I mean, when you consider like people always like to like I make peanuts. Like I will. <laughs> I can't imagine making. Fourteen point four million dollars in my life, but but when you're it it does actually like someone like me can look at it and try to say emotionally that's so much that's more money than you would ever need. But it is an actual there is a significant difference between the eighteen million dollars or so you'd receive from a thirty-seven million dollar contract and twenty-five million dollars you receive from a forty-seven million dollar contract. Like that's an actual difference of money that. Even if you don't necessarily feel it yourself, but generations will feel it, it does. No, it makes a difference. That. It's nothing to sneeze at, I and mean, I think people are a little too, little too quick to sneeze no, at it just because you already have a it, lot of like, money. Like it
1: is, uh, it is going to be a lump sum of money. But my guess is that he's still going to get paid about the amount of money that would reflect that. Maybe my guess is he probably takes a five million dollar hit. Yes, that's a lot of money. I don't think it's going to be ten. I, I feel like he's going to get paid. He's going to have teams battling for him. He is still healthy. He did not lose a year. Everyone's probably going to imagine he stays much to the point. And
0: yeah, like if I'm a team and Livian Bell wants to sign a one year contract with me, I will offer him a lot of money because I saw what Adrian Peterson yeah. did after his year off. And I, but I'd be. Like, if I'm signing Le'Veon Bell to a three-year contract, I have a lot of ways to cut him without costing me a lot of money because I still don't think, even with a year off, that a 30-year-old running back is going to do much yeah, in No, league. I
1: just feel like uh, when you don't use that year up, it gives you a little bit more. And when you're going to a team that maybe it has a Super Bowl run in their future, maybe when you're Green Bay and you're missing one piece, Ah, you take. it. <laughs> I think Green Bay is
0: missing more than one piece, I but mean, man, like, if that if would be one hell of a piece, piece to
1: add. Like, you now have the ability to win, to make it to the playoffs and win, like it all. Although that is an interesting point. How did Pittsburgh? I have no clue. not trade him they... this year. That's for like I mean. a 7th like, round pick. Like, do you not understand how disrespectful it is to not even try to move him out of there? It is possible that they tried and he refused. Maybe they tried to move...
0: Because he'd have to sign the franchise tag to, to get tra- any trade. You're not allowed to trade a player who has an outstanding franchise tag that's unsigned, yeah, but... I don't know. Maybe. So, I'd like to... <laughs> I'd like to read the book that comes out yeah, about this situation in a couple of years.
1: Okay, uh, let's slide over to the NCAA. The football's my favorite thing. Um, it's not as exciting. And <laughs> the reason being is now we're getting to the point where these teams are, if they're going to lose, it is going to be in their championship games before the playoff. So.
0: Yeah, so what we saw this week was every single team yep. in the top 10 won their game. and yeah, all the lists have now
1: kind of gone away. These teams are now settling in. We're going to see nothing but steadiness until the championship games where we have Georgia, Alabama, and, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, this is the case pretty much every year in the NCAA. There is this little lull right about now. Yep. Until we get to the rivalry games where we're going to have... I mean, Auburn, Alabama, I don't know no, if we're really expecting but, I mean, much out of that. But you'll have uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma, they're still to play. Like you said, what the likely SEC championship, Alabama, Georgia. Exactly. you got Michigan, Ohio State coming so we're up. we're
1: going to see these teams all get into their championship level situations. Whether it be uh, the SEC championship or like, a rivalry game, we're going to see these teams play a really tough game, and that's what's going to be your loss or your win that either takes you or knocks you out.
0: Yeah, a calm before the storm. So,
1: every team (laughs) wins as they should have. Yes, there were some solid teams they played against, but no one who was a real threat to the top five, and definitely no one in the top uh, six to I mean six to ten uh, played anyone really of any any real issue besides Ohio State Michigan State so everyone won their games and we now get ready for some of the more exciting football to come our way.
0: Yeah, that Ohio State Michigan State game it like yeah. it finished I think twenty six to six. But it was a lot closer than that. Like, Ohio State didn't really look good. I think Michigan's probably going to roll Ohio State in their matchup. Because they kind of look... They look struggling. Michigan State didn't look overpowering. But, like, at one point in the fourth quarter, the TV crew just put up a list of Michigan State's miscues. And it was stuff like fumbled snaps and stupid penalties and miscues. Like... It was all this sort of thing that if they'd just done like basic fundamental football, yeah. it could have been a really close game. And Michigan State was just yeah. goofing
1: it up the whole yeah, because Michigan State the whole week. Is, so I feel like after their kind of little walk across the whole field BS against, like their I feel <laughs> yeah. like their coach is more of a show coach than a real coach. So,
0: so uh, what's your feelings on playoff? the playoff I feel at like this point?
1: Well, um rock steady. Unless Georgia manages to beat Alabama, we're going to see Alabama 1, Clemson 2, uh Michigan 3, Notre Dame
0: 4. I think Michigan would jump Notre Dame even though Notre Dame beat Michigan. Yeah.
1: Early in because, uh, that, the season. Because that game against Ohio State being a little bit better. And Notre Dame not having the... the, the They're not playing a strong enough schedule. Mm.
0: Yeah, they've got uh, Syracuse coming up next week. And then they finish off with SC. Which is often a big game. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to so, be a big game this yeah, week. Yeah,
1: exactly. This so I, I just feel like you're going you're gonna, to... Walk out through the next thing. Michigan's going to play Ohio State. That's a top 10. They're going to play a top 10 team and not jump up. That would be crazy, even if they did lose to that team.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't know what is going to happen, but I'm predicting that for changes. Never in the history of the playoffs has a top four grouping this early in the BCS rankings actually yeah, survived to make it to the playoffs. So I don't quite know where it's going to happen, but somebody's going to flub up. My guess is Notre Dame. I would not be surprised at all if they (laughs) lose the Syracuse Syracuse this week. Like
1: they they played a tough game against Clemson. Like and I'm interested in what uh, the Big
0: Twelve might do. Like Oklahoma and West Virginia play each other this year, and then they will likely play each other again in the Big Twelve championship game. So whoever like if somebody wins both of those games you'll have two yep. wins against a top 10 opponent late in the season. So I could see a Big 12 very, team very jumping richer. up if you know, if somebody slips up yep. just if a so, little I mean,
1: bit. I I don't know. I feel like this may be our first time ever we get those top 4 to stay the same. I'm going to stick with that. First time ever top 4 stay the same uh, barring some switch ups between 3 and 4. the the top four being the same four teams.
0: All right. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to predict absolute madness. So this is what happens. Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. Clemson goes to number one. Georgia is their number two seed. Notre Dame loses. Michigan State, Michigan, sorry, beats Ohio State, but really crappy in like a nine to seven game or something like that. So they decide to give West Virginia, who won both of Oklahoma, Oklahoma game, the number three seed, and because Alabama's Alabama, they make Alabama the number okay. four seed.
1: So you're going. So we'll go with your top. <laughs> there four. we go. I went the complete number opposite way as you.
0: Complete madness. Number uh, Clemson,
1: number three. Georgia, number four.
0: West Virginia.
1: There we go.
0: Alabama. They might. Put Alabama number three, West Virginia number four, just because they want to see Alabama Clemson in the championship game. But in their hearts, it'll be okay, okay. Alabama there
1: number you go. four year to year first. We're, <laughs> we're gonna write that. We're gonna write that in the yeah. description. That's bold the prediction. Description so that even if you manage to miss <laughs> the episode and you're listening next week, we're gonna tell you. You're gonna go back to this description. You're gonna see that written down in stone. Is he right? Okay, so let's Can't move wait. on to NCAA Basketball. Huh? Basketball? Um, (laughs) I feel like we neglect basketball. I mean, neither of us played it really.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair to say we don't understand basketball. Yeah, I get it. Like, I
1: get LeBron James is unbelievable. (laughs) I can see he can shoot a ball into the net better than most and he can pass the ball stronger than most and he can like, I can see these things, <laughs> <Be a> block, <laughs> but like, <Bob>. but like <laughs> he's better than most, and by most I mean all, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's something that I do my best to kind of keep up with and, and catch some stories here and there so that, hey, we can bring you a little bit more news
0: yeah, we know you're yeah. a huge college yeah. sports fan. Uh, so you you wanted to talk about Zion, yeah, Zion Williams? Zion Williams, is that his name? The
1: number one recruit. He was deciding between Clemson and uh, North Carolina. No, Duke, sorry. Um, yeah, Clemson was, was his top, Clemson, really. top
0: two. I saw they were in the top 25, top two, but baby. I don't think of them as a... Uh, as a basketball team. Yeah, no, I think they're like 20. I mean he would year. have
1: obviously jumped them up a whole bunch. Um but he ended up going where yeah, he sure. should go. And he went to uh, Duke. And um, Duke ended up getting, I believe, the top three recruits, number one, two and three. So yep. uh
0: And they, yet they weren't nope. number one ranked in the country until they played until their first game. Which is crazy game. to me. Yeah, one game. <laughs> it only took one to game.
1: Literal magic. Zion Williams is
0: <laughs>
1: going to be a phenomenal basketball player in the pros. And... Yeah. He's, he's giant.
0: What is yeah, he? 6'9", or something fast. like
1: that? He, like, he, he reminds me of a... Like LeBron James Junior. Like, I don't I don't think he is going to be as good as <laughs> LeBron James, but he's going to be a force for a long time.
0: Well, the thing that people always forget about LeBron James is yes. LeBron James is the smartest dude like, in the league. Where as well. this is
1: straight athletics.
0: <laughs> so you can ha you can be physically uh, as impressive as LeBron yes, James exactly. and not be LeBron James. So, I
1: mean, so. Zion Williams has the athleticism of LeBron James. Whether he has the head, we will see when he gets to the pros. But if he does, we are looking at the next LeBron James. This dude is absolutely <laughs> a force to be reckoned with. And it is so cool to watch him play. His high-flying dunks are – like it's, it's unbelievable. He's just putting on a show all the time. And if you get a chance to watch any college basketball, make sure – yeah. So Zion Williams, yeah, has all the
0: hype, but I hear that the number one pick in next year's draft is likely to be one of those other 100% it is. top three recruits that you
1: mentioned, the you Canadian
0: R.J. Barrett. Um,
1: What's your thoughts on him? Absolutely phenomenal as well. It's just it, it's just a smarter, <laughs> more technical uh, version. Um, You know, a little less athletic, and that doesn't mean that he's not an athlete. A little less athletic than LeBron James is still unbelievable. Just not LeBron (laughs) James athletic. (laughs) So it's it's crazy to see that literally two players are going to be one and two from the same team. I mean, it's a Fab Five type of thing. So I don't know. Like I feel like those two are going to have very stellar careers and it's going to be really cool to always watch them compete against each other in the pros to be like oh those two played together and won a national championship together because I feel like they have the ability to carry themselves to uh, a championship from uh, the old March Madness
0: yeah March Madness being what it is you can never like you'd never take anybody against the field I don't think but at least early in the season, they're yeah, like If I'm going to make a bracket right
1: now, I'm putting them at the very top. Because I don't think they will lose. I don't think it is possible for them to lose. <laughs> like, in a one-game thing, <laughs> one of those two, and or three, have the ability to turn the game over. And I feel like it better be the the best... Story of all time, if it's a team that beats them in the finals, because that's where they'll be at least.
0: Yeah, my knowledge about Barrett is he somehow managed to beat the United States in the yes. under nineteen world championships. Yes, he did <laughs> last year. Um, and you don't see Canada beating the U.S. in bas- in international yeah, basketball competitions so they, very
1: often. So it's gotta yeah, be something so they gave him something out of, of the world. And we, those two playing together are like, it took them, I would say it took them a little bit. Like they showed like a little bit of assists here and there and they're like, look at them give each other respect and blah, 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 blah. And then literally it was just like fire. Zion Williams is scoring it like crazy. (laughs) Barrett scoring like crazy. We're going to see some really exciting pros coming up in this year's draft.
0: I'm doing the just the quick research on R.J. Barrett. He sounds right. a lot like Kobe in his lineage. His dad was a French, a French pro basketball player, and his mom yeah. was a
1: top-notch sprinter. Right, the exact same. <laughs> like it literally is going to be these two, as a story for, a, like for a decade. So it's exciting. I'm so excited to see it and be a part of it because these two are absolutely. Unbelievable to watch. <laughs> all right. All right. Shall we move on yep. to a we'll bit of pro basketball here. talk uh, then? We have our last story. Um, Butler finally gets what he wanted most a trade.
0: <laughs> yeah, the drama we've been covering, this has yeah. been most of our basketball talk so far, has been all about the, the Jimmy Butler drama. Right. And when he finally gets traded, He went to the Philadelphia 76ers, which maybe maybe I'm not plugged in as much, Um, but it definitely caught me off guard.
1: Yes, it caught me off guard because I didn't think that they would make a move for him. But it makes sense, too, because they are a team that needs a piece like that. Like, they are that close, so why not try?
0: Yeah. So he's not a shooter, really, and Philadelphia needs shooters. Is that any concern to you? Like, yeah. Simmons isn't a shooter. We all know about faults yeah, and his exactly. various Fultz, shooting like, problems. I
1: feel like they kind of. Yeah, he'll figure it out, but um, he needs to go to the Black Mamba School <laughs> of Shooting, and he'll figure out. Kawhi Leonard can figure out how to shoot, he can figure out how to shoot. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Magic Johnson has a te- <laughs> Works for a team now, but he was kind of the poster boy for teaching, how- exactly. teaching himself how to so shoot I throughout mean, his
1: career. Uh, I, I mean, they are. I feel like it's a good pickup because they just need uh, a little bit more uh, versatility. Like, even though he is a dude who doesn't shoot as well, he has the ability to, you know, drive and score. Uh, so, like the like overpower them then like if you can't shoot just overpower them <laughs> so
0: yeah and the raptors in the box yeah. have been playing so well in the east i think even better than expected so the competition in the east i think has been wrapped up an extra notch above what the exactly so now they like it's face. a good
1: pickup they need something more they need to be a, even if it is not what they needed perfectly they needed to be better than what they were last year. So this is a good pickup. Yeah.
0: And a good part of how they'll get better is simply, you know, Embiid's a year older, Simmons is a year older, year more experienced. So I think they were going to be better anyways. But this definitely is an extra step that uh, the, the final couple rounds of the Eastern Conference uh, will be pretty entertaining. Yeah, I agree with you a 100%. lot more than last year, I think.
1: Um, hopefully we get to see some pretty crazy wild things go down by way of um, just all these teams being one step better. You know, like, you can't help but think that LeBron James and uh, the the Golden State Warriors raise this league up a step higher all the time. Like, it just seems like all this talent is getting (laughs) so much more talented Because you have to if you want to even survive. So. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it kind of all comes to an end. You get the playoff kind of pictures sliding into place. And, uh, yeah.
0: Alright, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast there then. Thank you for listening to this slightly Um, delayed podcast. uh, We do our
1: best to get it to you and thank you all for sticking around, even if we do have some issues here and there.
0: I set my oven on fire trying to clean the issue that I set it on fire today. <laughs> I'm still here doing the podcast. So so there we go. Uh,
1: <laughs> double fire. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hopefully Diggity I won't
0: guys. set it on fire tomorrow. Bye.
1: This is brought to you by Head to Head Productions. We want to thank you guys for listening. You're the only reason we exist, so keep on liking and sharing.